What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 31. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. Today, my guest is Giorgio from the band Pre-Game Rituals. They are an alternative, kind of post-hardcore indie rock band from uh, Massachusetts. I should also say Giorgio is an all-around musician, teacher, songwriter, and uh, performer. We had a fun chat about all things music and just life in general. Both happen to be 30, so kind of in the same place there. Uh, his song, Two Homes, is featured at the end of the episode. Definitely my favorite off the latest EP. It's stuck in my head all day. Uh, I picked it up off iTunes, but you can find it wherever you listen to music. That being said, Giorgio says that if you pick it up off Bandcamp, then all the proceeds will be donated to the Haven Project in Lynn, Massachusetts, which helps young adults that are in need of housing and resources, which is pretty cool. Other than that, if you like either the podcast or pre-game rituals, you can always feel free to hit that little uh, subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. And as always, if you're in a band and you want to talk about your music, feel free to hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Other than that, I hope this episode finds everyone safe, sane, all that stuff. Thanks again for tuning in. Episode 31, Pre-Game Rituals. I was checking out your stuff today. Um... Pretty cool band name, gotta say. Thank you. Thank uh, you, man. Lucked out on that one. Uh, no one stole it from you beforehand, <laughs> I guess. Really know, right? There's been um, stolen ones, though, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking back, it looks like you got a, a few releases going. Um, besides the latest one, Honest Eyes, I guess. Yeah. Um, which was just released here, looks like, in September. Um, my first thought, I mean, I don't listen, I would say, to that genre a ton, but uh, reminds me a little bit of a band called Microwave. No idea if you ever heard of them. But, I uh, have heard of them. Um, I would say that our drummer probably listens to them a lot more than I do, um, but I believe it's in the realm. I mean, I, I yeah. think it's slightly older, um, indie rock. They've been around for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's cool. That's what's interesting, too. I mean, we, the friends and, and, and people we associate with and a couple, like, um, people that, you know, have messaged us on social media and stuff, they, we get so many different things, and I think it's just cool listening to people's perspectives, and, and, and I'm sure you get this with your own band as well, just um, different viewpoints as far as who they feel you sound like and things like that, and, I just think it's neat, like, no matter what, like, yeah. you know, especially when, when it's bands that you're super into, you kind of, that's a nice feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, and then sometimes they throw out weird ones, like curveballs you weren't expecting, like Smash Mouth, and, uh, <laughs> I got that one the other day, and I was like, I guess I do kind of see where you're coming from, but, man, I just, I don't know, I'm such a, like, a, still a little bit of a punk rock kid or whatever that I never thought of it that way but I like poppy stuff so you know me too me too um and you certainly have some good hooks some good lyrics in there um and if you have any merch by the way it's a pretty good artwork as well so I'm always happy to we were actually yeah we've been talking about that in um whether or not to kind of pull the trigger on that for a shirt I mean we have some merch um 
but yeah, I guess it's it's been a while since we've um, kind of looked for new merch, and I feel like yeah, that one kind of falls in our lap. So I think we we may um, look into getting shirts for that because yeah, we we are stoked on the artwork and how that came out. It was really neat. Yeah, I mean, you can always start off with something simple like stickers. Or, uh, yep. personally, I like beer koozies, too. So I know, I know. It's always, it's always fun, especially playing shows and um, seeing different artists and what they have for merch, how creative those things can get. I mean, I've seen, like, um, those clips that you clip on chips and stuff like that. And, like, I mean, koozies, is, it's still unique, but, like, you know, there's, there's some crazy ones out there, and sometimes it works for them, too. Yeah. Well, one of my friends started doing pop sockets. <laughs> <laughs> people seem to like them. Yeah, so, why not? I mean, yeah. If it's something people use anyway, like for the most part, people, especially if they're they go to a show and, and they and they kind of like what you're about, they always want to support. So I feel like if you have merch and you have something unique that they don't usually see, that's a cool element to you know your band and what you have to offer as far as um, merchandise. So I yeah. definitely think that's cool. Cool. Well, I'll be looking forward to it if it, uh, if it comes out. For so, sure, man. Thank you. I'm trying to get a little collection going here between t-shirts and I know. I just, everything I else. I know. I as much as I can, too. Like, there's something about that, that like, kind of local band t-shirt that, like, um, sort of is, in some instances, more enjoyable. You have, like, more pride wearing it because you know... You Where know, it came buying, from. You know, they're, they're all in some way, shape, or form, financially, I'm sure you know, the struggle's real for that kind of situation, so, you know, you feel good wearing those, and sometimes it sparks up good convo, if, you know, you meet other band people and stuff like that, so, it's definitely cool. I appreciate, like, an awesome band shirt, especially if it's a local band, so, like, um, icing on the cake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, we're all part of this weird little network, I guess, at a certain point, if we're doing things well. So. Absolutely. Unless it's all about you and all about yourself, in which case, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the psychological element, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we could talk about the latest release if you want. I mean, it sure. sounds pretty polished to me. Again, I, I listen to a wide range of stuff going from, you know, top 40 to what, whatever somebody's garage band crap is. And, uh, you know, you guys have a decent uh, polish, a decent veneer. To, to the latest one, for sure. So if you want to talk about anything that went into recording that, or favorite song from it, or a backstory to something. I'd well, um, yeah, the, um, I tend to always go for the more, I guess, polished sound. I mean, granted, I feel like you learn something new every time you go into a recording studio, and maybe, you know, something didn't come out quite the way you you wanted it to, and then you kind of make a mental note for next time, you know, to try to focus in on that. Um, also, I mean, your, your tastes might change. The more music you digest, you get to realize that, you know, certain genres and certain uh, vibes you're going for kind of call for certain mixing techniques or certain, you know, tunings or, I don't know, timbres that, that kind of makes sense with it. So... It's kind of, I always like to have an open mind, especially because more so now more than ever, I'm trying to just write a good song versus making it fit into some sort of mold. Because like, ultimately, we're, 
we're confined to our minds anyway, so it's going to be your own thing no matter what, you know? So if you change, like, um, how you go about, let's say, using distortion on a guitar, like, you know, leaving more space on a place where you would usually just do more power chords or something, I feel like there's going to be that element of you in there somewhere. So being open-minded about that, but then still having some sort of focus, like, from my experience thus far whenever recording, just because growing up, you know, my favorite bands in that time period where I really started to start to get into music, like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, which I feel like that's that's a point in time where a lot of um, people kind of have that core kind of um, number of bands or musicians that are near and dear to your heart, you know what I mean? Even, yeah. if, even if you've branched out a lot since then, I just feel like that nostalgia in, in, in that time kind of sticks with you to a certain realm. And for me, just like for a lot of people growing up in like the late 90s and 2000s, it was definitely like Blade 182 was a heavy anchor. Um, and, and I remember, I think the first piece of music I ever had my mom purchase me, it was actually still cassette. Um, this is, this nice. is like 2000, probably 99, maybe 01. I don't really recall specifically, but it was it was a time where like CDs were like really the thing, that, that um, way to take in music. But... The cassette was the only thing available, and it was Enema of the State, and I bought that. And ever since then, I kind of like fell in love with the idea of a band and, and people making sounds together and having their own sort of like aesthetic. And even though like I didn't know words like that yet, it just something lit up inside, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" So then I, that was like the beginning there, and then I spent the next couple of years essentially just trying to find bands that kind of had that similar sound, that similar polish, that similar. Um, kind of, you know, especially like Enema of the State, thinking of Liquid 182 anyway, that is a super polished album. I mean, Jerry Finn, I mean, he's obviously well known for a reason. Um, so that kind of super melodic, uh, super huge sounding everything really is something that spoke to me for whatever reason back then. So then after listening to that, you know, I listened to like, um, Bands like Lit, I listened to MXPX, I listened to um, SR71, um, Eve 6, just bands that had that super polished sound, super melodic, and obviously as, I've got, I, as I got older, you know, I got into classic rock stuff, um, I got into more alternative stuff, Smashing Pumpkins was another big one, um, but, but that was like my basis, and I think... Um, to some degree, I think I always look for like super, super punchy guitars. I always try to, you know, from a mixing standpoint, I love the drums to have like a really, really awesome low end, a really like, I want the toms to sound super full, super toneful, just kind of big all around. But I think like when you're younger and you start recording and stuff, like you have this idea of attaining it in the right way. Um, Coupled with having like good songs that complement it, I mean, it's a learning experience, you know what I mean? And I feel like I'm still growing as a songwriter, as a musician, and I don't think I've ever yet hit that point where I felt, I feel like complete in the sense of like, this is like the perfect like song and tone for this, for this recording. But I don't think that's the point anyway. I think it's that constant search for your sound, whatever it might be at the time, and that's subject to change, you know, that's okay too. But, um, yeah, I would say that that is, for me anyway, and I know it's different for my bandmates as well, that was kind of like 
the, the defining moment where I realized, like, this is something that eventually I, I'd want to do. And, and it was that kind of sound initially that really, I guess, spoke to me. It made me want to kind of emulate that in some sort of way musically. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good breakdown of everything, I think, yeah, I your background. Um, right, right. Like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I listen to all that same stuff, too, so... I definitely get it. And then, yeah, like you're sure. saying, when you're trying to progress and trying to learn and be a little bit better writer, you, you may never really get to the point where you're completely satisfied. But you can certainly be more satisfied, you know, today than you were yesterday. I think Absolutely. it's definitely possible to get better. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you wanted to talk about maybe some element of progress you feel like you've made between like say your first go at ever trying something in a studio to now um is there something that maybe stands out to you like whether it was the the, the instrument part of it or like a lyric or just uh or a comfortability thing or i don't know I w so yeah that's an awesome question um i would say the comfortability thing is huge yeah. Because, I mean, that's what allows you to really kind of take away all of the, I suppose, exterior static and doing what you think you should be doing or comparing yourself to somebody else that does it a certain way and you feel inclined to want to do it that way or whatever. I mean, you, I, I feel like you need to suck for a while. You just have to. Like, yeah. But, I mean... And don't get me wrong, there's those musicians that have that natural ability to just come out of the gate swinging, and it's unbelievable, and that's amazing and more power to them, but I think for the bulk of musicians, um, you know, your first recordings are probably not great. You know I mean, your first songs are probably not great. That's okay, they're not really supposed to be, you know what I mean? Just like with anything else in life. But um, I feel as though a, a lot of things come into play there. Um, I'm... I'm I'm in a position, like, for instance, with this band, so one thing that, that kind of I've grown to realize is knowing what makes your band unique and kind of being aware of, like, what you have to offer. So, like, for, for pregame rituals, anyway, you know, because I've been in, in a good amount of bands prior to that, and, I mean, all of them I've, I've had great takeaways from, um, all leading up, up until this point. But I think for us in particular, like, as a, as a three-piece, I think... Sometimes you can think of it as it, it being hard to really um, stand out and, and sort of kind of create a product that is something that's, that's for me anyway, because I like pop music, like you, like I think you mentioned you like as well, um, something that's like nice ear candy and people can sing along to, but also has its uniqueness. And I think before I used to play it safe in many ways, maybe subconsciously or not, but like, for example, like, you know, for choruses, I would I would choose to take the easy route and just play like straight eighth notes and just kind of strum um, on basic chords, yeah. things like. And like a lot of bands make that work. I mean, there's and I'm not like saying that all of their music sounds this way, but a lot of it, like the Green Days of the World, and even like Blink One Eight Two and stuff and stuff like that, and other bands that um, kind of keep it simple. And, and simple's good, but for me, like having had a a kind of a large experience with guitar and learning at a young age and you know learning solos and and really having having it be the one instrument that i feel pretty confident in that i can um 
kind of, uh, you know, play to a reasonably well level, or a reasonably good level, um, I try to intertwine that more in, in our playing more. So, like, even on Honest Eyes, the, the, the newer stuff, there'll be choruses where there's not really a rhythm guitar. They'll be, like, the bass playing something melodic and the guitar doing a counter melody and they just kind of work together. Um, things like that, I think, you know, stick out slightly more. And um, Well, definitely as a musician, I noticed that. Yeah. It's hard to um, say with a, with a non-music, like, what a non-music brain thinks when you hear music, but... I'm also a guitar player, so yeah, stuff like that uh, immediately stands out for sure. Another thing is too, like that I've been trying to do more is just utilizing unique rhythms because you know if you have, a, let's say, like a very singable line, and you have kind of a simple progression behind it, which is totally fine. Uh, maybe all, sometimes all it takes is changing up um, the rhythm to make it interesting, and even for a musician would appreciate it in many circumstances, and a non-musician, even though they may not be able to explain what's going on, they'll bump with it too. Oh, yeah. An example of that, and this is why I love my bandmates, because a lot of the time our processors all come in with like an almost finished song, or like a skeleton of a song, or just like the chords and lyrics. Sometimes it'll be a little more planned out, and I'll have demoed it, but they'll always like put in their two cents, and it usually always makes the song better. So like for, for our first song on Honest Eyes, um, Reasonable Doubt, um, the last chorus, um, if, you, if you listen to it, the, the rhythm completely changes on that chorus. It's more about yeah. da, 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 it's like a syncopated thing, and I, that was our bass player Drew brought up doing that. And uh, it was a struggle at first because like singing is kind of a newer thing to me. I wasn't, I didn't come out of the gate like when I started recording, being comfortable vocal and stuff like that. And even to this day, sometimes when you throw kind of a complicated rhythm to me on the guitar and I have to sing over it, like I'll get it eventually, but it takes some more practice. But I love it because it. it forces me to become a better musician, um, stuff like that. Like, I never thought to incorporate things like that earlier in music. I think I was just more geared toward um, just trying to write songs in general, you know what I mean? And, and with yeah. that, you know, one, now that I'm more comfortable in just songwriting as a, as a whole and creating melodies and lyrics, which just kind of, the more you hack away at it, I'd like to think the better that you get. So then you start to think of the other elements of the song and what little tricks you can do to kind of make it unique and kind of make it stick out more. So I just feel like, and that's one of my favorite parts too, um, just, um, you know, there's there's the bulk of the song. And then, and what I mean by that is, you know, the lyrics, the melody, the, the basic stuff that, that, you know, make it, it that give it its basic uh, structure, but then there's how you manipulate the instruments you have within that band to kind of make it your own thing. And that's just a super fun part. I feel like for musicians, it's like, you know, putting a puzzle together and it's just yeah. like awesome. So, no, yeah. I mean, it's all about the, uh, the creation of the thing, you know, when it all comes together at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you're in the studio too, just having those, uh, having the time to really sit back and kind of go, Oh, what else can we do here? Just to add a little spark or, or change something up. And it can be something simple, like you said, where you're just changing up the course. So, totally. Yeah. And I think uh, one, I guess, beneficial takeaway from um, the fact that everybody's kind of been on halt as far as shows and, and things of that nature is I kind of spent that time and just bought a good amount of recording gear. I wasn't ever a super accomplished, um, you know engineer by any means I, I recorded a little bit like a few 
few years back on like Presonus. I had that at the time, and I tinkered with GarageBand, but I recently upgraded my laptop, and I felt as though like, hey, if I'm gonna get a nice MacBook Pro, let, let me just get a good interface. Let me like get some nice speakers and just start to demo. And I must say that that process and like demoing and just having that experience, tracking yourself and playing to a click and sharing it with your bandmates and you know, going over, that just, like, helps the whole situation, too. Because rather than being in, in, in rehearsal and kind of explaining things to them, and sometimes I'll explain things poorly, you know what I mean? If we're in the moment and I'm excited about something, you know, it's three different brains in the room, so sometimes they might take something I say and be kind of confused or think differently, but if I give them kind of a demo and a somewhat fleshed-out idea, they kind of know what I'm talking about without, without having to... Uh, talk to them about it. It kind of like streamlines the process. So that's been cool too. And it helps me with my with, with vocals as well because it's just that much more experience like singing into a microphone which I always want to kind of steadily improve that. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, just being new to demos and all that because I sort of uh, accidentally uh, timed, that, timed that out that way myself because of this podcast. You know, I've had GarageBand on here forever. And even when I've gone into the studio in the past, I've really just kind of done the scratch tracks when I get there sort of thing. And I started doing this podcast during quarantine, and I was like, well, wait, I'm also going to go record some more songs here soon, so why not try to track these before I get there? And uh, it's been really fun, and it's like you said, you kind of just open an extra door, uh, just like, uh, a, you know, another level of musicianship or whatever you want to call it. So, Absolutely, dude. Yeah, it's been, and it's exciting knowing that, at, you know, not having to, and this is a big thing about being a DIY musician, I feel like the more in-house you can make certain things, the easier it is for you, because, like, I feel like beforehand, um, I'd be in a situation where if I want to track something, like, I have to hit up friends or engineers yeah. like that, and you have to wait, and then maybe, I don't know, you fall into maybe financial stuff, or your ideas change and whatever, but it's nice knowing that if you have an idea and you have this impulse, like I get all the time when it comes to writing. I don't just, like, it's not like I, I'm not the type of person that just sits and like writes every day. It just sometimes hits me and then sometimes I can go like a couple weeks and I don't have much to work with. So it's nice to know that you can kind of put yourself in that position and track and get it out there and then you don't really have to you know, worry about how am I going to get this done, so. Yeah, I usually like, just use voice memos all the time. Oh, man, and then, yeah, my phone is, like, <laughs> I'm sure you too, yeah. and many other musicians, so, so much stuff. And, and that's still awesome, because, like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I'm just in the car, and, like, you know, the most, if you think of a whole finished song, in many instances for my own, it started off with just a very simple, like, humming of a melody, not even a, a lyric behind it, you know what I mean? And if you're in a car, I mean... Perfect you know, time. My memory's not that great, so like I have to get it in right there. And then I can kind of add to it later on in time. So yeah, the phone is definitely a huge tool. Huge tool. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's cool, like you said, being able to actually track yourself. Because, God, I just kind of feel dumb at a certain point for not doing it earlier. I'm just like... Uh, I'm yeah. like, was it just was I just being lazy or or what was it? Because it's funny, it took a podcast for me to uh, to learn how to use it. Um, my uh, floor Roomba vacuum just kicked on, so I'm gonna pause that real quick. Hang on. Yeah, no problem. 
Sorry about that, but uh, I mean, I normally keep these things, I don't know, somewhat mid-range in the world of podcasts. I don't know what you're supposed to do, but like half hour, 45 seems good to me. I still got to go back and edit it and stuff like that. Um, off the top of my head, I guess I was thinking about uh, using Reasonable Doubt for this episode, but if there's a song in particular you want to promote or talk about, then I'll, I'll pull that one off iTunes. It's really up to you. Sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I really have like um, a strong preference. I mean, if you want to go with that, I mean, I know I talked about it, so that kind of plays into it too, which is neat. That's, that's yeah. fine by me, man. All right, cool. Yeah, so I'll probably grab that one off iTunes, and uh, I always tell everybody, you know, if you do listen to a band just once on Spotify, you can click that little, the little follow button. <laughs> it does it does help bands out it's funny how easy it is to skip over but you know helps build up the build up the word um, it's just it, it, it's an extension of like what I feel is you know a very very helpful way to just look at life I mean you know you, you hear it since you were a little kid treat others the way you want to be treated and I feel like you know we're both in local bands and it's like when people actually, especially like, you know, people in other bands and, and just random people that are at shows, when they actually, you know, show interest and in whether it be signing up for a mailing list, buying a shirt, a good comment, like after a set, like, it may seem small, but like, to, for the person that's making it, because we dedicate so much of our lives to this stuff, we, we love this stuff, you know what I mean? So that stuff goes a long way. And it's like, I've been trying to, even on the opposite end, be as attentive as I can to, to things that are happening around me that are more DIY and indie because for, first off, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And then secondly, I would want them to do it to me. And it makes you feel good, like just being oh, yeah. and just like commenting or saying something. I mean, you feel it anyways. So letting that person know it, there's just that, I don't know, it's just that positive energy transfer that then it's like kind of addicting, you know what I mean? And then you feed off that in a beneficial way. So I totally vibe with what you're saying with that, man. It, it, it's, it's really, um, it's huge. It's definitely yeah. huge. Even just something as simple as this, like, I assume, you know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from my friends who are in bands or whatever, and it's, or friends of friends who just want to listen to their friend talk, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's cool the way it, it works out. And um, I love it, man. I mean, I, mean, I remember, yeah, because I think... Uh, I was scrolling through, and I think I was, like, yeah, I was on Instagram just, like, adding people, trying to, like, um, just, like, branch out, connect with people, and I saw your your podcast, and it's funny because, like, recently, I've been on a, podcasts have been a thing for a while now, but only recently have I been, like, super into podcasts. Yeah. I used to hear about, like, the Joe Rogan podcast, and I used to hear about, like, um, I know, like, Mike Tyson has, like, a new podcast now, and I've had friends, like, my girlfriend loves podcasts, and then finally, like, I dove into it, and it's just, it's so awesome, man, because, yeah. like, even as a kid, like, I used to love being in the midst of, like, good conversation, even if I wasn't part of it, granted, I was younger, I didn't have really much knowledge to talk about too much stuff, just hearing other people speak, it's just, like, sort of, uh, it's like therapeutic, you know what yeah. I mean? So, you, I just love it. You learn so much, you know, that, and then that, that branches out. Then, like, I get into, like, audiobooks a little bit, so now when I'm driving, I hear that stuff. It's definitely cool. I mean, I got on the, uh, on that ship, like, kind of late, I suppose, but, I mean, it's, hey, 
it's never too late. When you find it is when you find it, sometimes. Yeah, and it's just really funny to see how, like, the cultural consciousness or the zeitgeist functions. Because it is weird how all of a sudden we're all on the same, into the same thing. Like, whether it's talking about GarageBand or podcasts, like, I don't know if it's all random and that's just the way people's thoughts evolve and it's just a group herd mentality or if somebody else is planting the seeds subconsciously and it's, it's all a marketing ploy, but, you know. I feel like in some ways it helps me socialize and, and throw ideas back and forth because for whatever reason, I don't know if it was my own insecurities or anxiety, sometimes I just wouldn't even put, I would just like not even show interest and I don't even really know why, but then once you just dive inside of it and you hear two people converse about whatever the topic, be it music, politics, whatever, and they're saying a lot of the stuff that you're thinking, or, or sometimes they say something, you're like, oh, I was going to say, I, I would have said the same thing. It just goes to show that we have more in common as a species, really, than we even give ourselves credit for. So it's like yeah. opening yourself up, even though it might be scary to some people, you know, um, I think I think it's huge. Just just letting, letting your mind hit the ether, putting your energy out there, you know what I mean? And, and you know, at the end of the day, if, if something... I think it's the fear of rejection, yeah. but honestly, the people that make you feel that way, they just have to look more inward. I think they're, they're going through a lot of stuff, and, and I think me realizing, which I realized way later in life, it's like, oh, they're, you know, they're being this kind of way because they're not happy about something within them. I don't have to take that in. Right. I used to take it in and like internalize it and feel bad about it, but you don't have to do that. I mean, they'll, they'll hopefully figure it out eventually, but you can let that, you can let that one bounce off. That takes a long time sometimes, but once, once you hit that point, man, it's pretty awesome. Oh, I agree. Everybody's got their little uh, psychological, emotional stepping stones, but that, that's a big one for sure. Because uh, unfortunately, it's far too easy for people to just kind of project their own internal crap onto the world or you. <laughs> so, yeah, Basically, like, how do you feel getting older? I mean, we're probably relatively the same age. I'm 30. Uh, I'm 30 as well. Nice. Yeah, so sweet. Um, I guess, like, I think sometimes it's too easy to slip into the idea that you need validation or you need uh, some form of respect or accolade for making music. But I think we all started doing it for fun. Or maybe even deep down, it's like a, just a, a need. Like, we have to do it. And, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I could just make songs and make music just for fun. If, even if no one cared and still be pretty satisfied. It's weird. I, like, I don't know how different people... I'd like to ask people about that because I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm weird, but I try to think that way, you know? I don't think you're weird at all, Brett. I think I, I hear 100% what you're saying. And, and I come from, like, I mean, it's a lot that goes into it, man. I, I feel like 
it's the way you were raised. I think it's like the mentality that that was that was kind of you know that made you that conditioned you into a certain way of thinking. I think that that plays that plays a role, and especially like these days with social media and, and there being such an emphasis on numerics and, and yes. things aren't really like genuine connectivity. It's just like followers this that and the other like i'm at a point man like i don't care if you have whatever 60 likes on facebook or if you're one of the biggest fans on the planet like if i like your music i like your music right and i don't know if i could say that like a few years ago i, I would say it's a probably out cool but but <laughs> i mean always that ego part of my mind always like messed with me and um it's it's the most liberating thing like like these days i mean yeah like i i would love to get respect from peers and have people genuinely like like listen to my music and stuff like that but i can't have that be the end goal because like you said i started it because i wanted to do it like when i was like nine or ten and i told you like the, the kind of fundamental bands that i started getting into that feeling i felt and, and i don't know if it like as i age you know kind of altered and it, you know i became more able to kind of make my own music and then like and I have, I have kids too, so I have two young yeah. sons, and that, that played a huge role as well um, in humbling myself and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about genuine connection for me. Like, yeah. like talking to you on this podcast right now like is super fulfilling. Um, when I write a song and I show it to my, my bandmates and they like it, it's super fulfilling. You know what I mean? When I go to shows with the right mindset and actually want to meet people and actually want to genuinely connect with them, I think a big thing is... Um, uh, what's the word? Not intuition, not integrity. Intention, dude. Intention. Yeah, for sure. Because before, like, I was just, I don't know, in my earlier 20s, I don't know if, if you were like this too, and I'm sure we all have friends, I was just like, I wouldn't say it, but I was just insecure. Like, I feel like the music scene has an insecure element to it. There's a lot of division, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think if you buy into that, and, you know, you kind of are ego-centered and, and kind of, think you, you're, you're better than somebody else or that it's a competition like people people can read that off of you yeah like you, your energy like shows it and, and i feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot without even knowing it so although like i might be 30 and by like i guess i don't know generic standards some people might think that's older or whatever the clarity and like wisdom from all that crap before that that i, I bring to now like i, I wouldn't trade it for anything so like to, to go back to like you know, getting a bit older and stuff like that, like, yeah, like, sometimes it sucks that I wake up and my back sometimes hurts for no reason, you know what I mean, or like, you know, things like that, but from, from a mental standpoint and from a looking forward standpoint, I feel like for me, I'm finally at a place where I can go about things for the right reasons and, and, and what's true to me, and, and if that means, you know, if, if I put something out there, like before, you know, a lot of people must feel this way too, you know, if you put something out there on Instagram or whatever, you know, promoting about your band, you think, you look, and you're like, oh man, this only got this many likes, I was hoping it would get this many, and that's such a mind game, though, like, oh, get yeah. it up, <laughs> if you like it, that's all that matters, and, and the rest is going to take care of itself, you know what yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like the quicker any emerging artists kind of focuses more on their craft and putting out content that's true to them and feeling good about themselves the rest not only does it not matter but you can't really control it you know what i mean yeah and you certainly don't need music to feel insecure although <laughs> music can become a big old petri dish of like insecurity 
for everybody to project it out onto. But on the flip side, if you are insecure and you're a little younger, I don't know if there's anything more humbling than going out on stage and just like kind of being bad too. You can have a good, you can have a good show and be humbled in a way, but like nothing like, you know, going out there, trying hard and just uh, really kind of shit in the bed. That'll uh, that'll build some character. That'll, uh... <laughs> My favorite are the ones where like like the, the sound like the sound on stage. You can't really hear yourself that well, and you think you're like ripping your soul or yeah. whatever. Meanwhile, you're like like a fret up the whole time, so it sounds terrible, but you don't know what it until too late. Or you hear the recording back, it's like woo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh man. Oh yeah, I've been there. So, in the war of egos, sometimes I think it's kind of healthy for everybody. You know, young or old, if you're a musician or whatever you're doing on stage, there's, you're kind of naked. So you're going to have to learn about yourself a little bit if you're trying to improve. And usually it makes you better, not just as a, like a performer, but hopefully, you know, a little bit as a person, you would think. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, I agree. I love uh, chats like this. It's definitely uplifting. Honestly, I was a little tired for this one worked last night, but um, I guess the, the two main subjects that I haven't yet really brought up, being that this is uh, what I call like the part-time rock star thing, is, uh, you know, most of us got stuff, we got jobs, we got families, we got whatever, um, so if you wanted to talk about work, or if you feel like work is relevant to music in any way, I would say that, um, and then I had one more question or thought to bring up. Cool. Yeah. So as far as that, so I'm a full-time music teacher. Okay. I went to uh, I went to school for music ed. Um, finished it up. Got a job at an elementary school, and this is my seventh, eighth. I want to say seventh year at the school. Um, it's really awesome. Uh, I love working. Not only working with kids. I love it more so, especially after having kids and just getting a little older and kind of you know, failing at a bunch of different things, learning from them, all the stuff we kind of been talking about, I feel like it makes me that much more effective as as an educator and as a teacher and as a, you know, male role model in these kids' lives, especially like I'm in an inner city uh, school district. So, you know, I, I definitely, I can feel the difference I'm making. Like even even on days where like I'm tired or, because you know, the, life, the lives we lead, man, it's like, because you squeeze in the music, but then you work, and then yeah. you might be involved, you might be side hustles, all this stuff, just balancing it all is like crazy, but, um, you know, whether it be like, <clears throat> that they tell you that they want to do music when they grow up, or they're excited for a concert, or, you know, they're, they're looking to get lessons, like, in a small way, I, I know I'm um, planting some seeds in these kids that, that will flourish in their own way, and, that, and that's and that's super exciting, so... Yeah, so that's 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 my job. I teach, and then I give lessons on the side too. And I'm super like grateful that everything that that like I do, as far as like providing and stuff like that, is like all music related. Cause, um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wouldn't have it anyway. So I, I love that I get to be around what I love in, in like such different dimensions, like throughout the course of like my weeks and weeks. So it's really awesome. Right on. And then, uh, yeah, I figured the last thing I just asked you about is, like, you're from Massachusetts, right? Yep. So, I'm kind of hosting this one out of a suburb in Baltimore. Um, but, I don't know. 
how do you feel like Massachusetts is for music or non-music stuff? I mean, have you lived there your whole life? Um, do you like it? Do you want to move out? <laughs> like, I've lived there my whole life. Yeah. So I can't say. I mean, I've traveled. I have. I have family in Europe. I've been to Greece a bunch of times because I'm. I am Greek. Um, you know, I, I've toured a little bit. I'd like to more. So I've, I've been to other states and stuff like that. So I mean, really, I don't have too much to compare it to because I've never been anywhere else long term. Yeah. Uh, I went out to Oregon. That, that that is awesome. I have a feeling like the West Coast. I would love a lot. Um, but as far as Massachusetts, I mean, I feel like a lot of people can't help but sometimes um, take for granted the cool stuff about their state. And I think for me, I mean, the fact that we get every season is pretty awesome. You know what I mean? You get yeah. that, um, you know, you get like a nice scenic uh, experience from every season, which is really cool, especially now in the fall with uh, the foliage. It's really, really neat. Um, I mean, if you're a sports guy, I mean, it's, I guess it's an awesome place to be. Me, myself, I'm a huge Celtics fan. Um, more, I, I was, ever since, like, even when we, like, sucked ass, like, with Rick <laughs> Tino and, like, Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, like, in the late 90s, like, I remember yeah. crying after, like, every game. You'd think I would have gotten used to it, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just a passionate yeah. kid about basketball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like living here. It's, it's expensive, you know what I mean? But um, I think... For, for mu- I think for music, man, like, it's such a beautiful thing, and, and I think if you have the right mindset, you know, I mean, obviously, Nashville and, and you know, New Orleans, um, I feel like those places are, New, New York, even, um, California, those are definitely some, some hot spots, um, you know, from what I've heard and experienced and seen, but I think, I think a lot of places have a lot of cool scenes, and they're really, like, nuanced, like, I went, I went to Iceland, uh, in 2016, and I didn't even know. I guess black metal is huge there. I, I yeah. didn't even know, and I probably should have known it, but um, that goes to show too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like living here. It's definitely cool. Like my, you know, raising a family here already. But um, <laughs> moving forward, I mean, I'm I'm never gonna cancel out. You know, moving elsewhere eventually. I, I sometimes think about. You know, if I'm lucky enough to make a retirement age and stuff like that, going maybe somewhere warmer all the time. Because yep. I think just like being Greek and growing up and going to Greece like every summer, I mean, that's just such a nostalgic thing for me. And I just love going there so much that I think sometimes I, I romanticize about maybe like retiring there one day or something. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, uh, I just I like going to new places and experiencing new things. So I just want to go to more places that's that's why like hopefully whenever shows come back i just want to tour for you know not only sharing music with other people but getting to see other places and learning things and going to like museums historic events you know i have i'm not that well um cultured well kind of cultured <laughs> in, in, a, in, in general and like in america i mean i, I went to texas yeah. Florida a couple times you know but not to, and like New England. I mean, that's the interesting thing about where I'm from, where it's like, there's that sense of like, you know, you can go to Connecticut, you can go to Rhode Island, you know, you can go to Vermont, and even though it's close by, there's like cool things to experience there and things that make each of those places unique too. So that's another kind of unique thing about, I guess, being from Massachusetts or anywhere um, from that area where it's like, you got your state, but then, so many other states are like just a couple hours away, which is kind yeah. of 
sure some other people that are like I don't know parts of Utah and Montana or whatever would never experience something like that. So that's kind of a unique thing as well. Yeah, and the Great White North, uh, the land of Canada, it's a hop, skip, yeah. and jump. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, my mom was actually born in Montreal. Yeah, so Montreal's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was neat. Um, but anyway, yeah, probably gonna wrap this thing up here. Um, do you want to give any shout outs to bandmates, to friends, whoever, kids, I don't know, <laughs> wife, <laughs> whoever's listening? <laughs> I mean, Corey and Drew, if you listen to this, yeah, I uh, love you guys, and I hope you guys are having a good um, what's today for Good Friday. Um, I'm just happy you got you had me here. I think uh, you know it was awesome talking to you, and it was good to good to meet you virtually anyway, which is I yeah. guess something that people should get more used to now. Yeah, like I guess. Um, yeah, hey, um, and uh, it never hurts to build a couple connects. So if your band's ever playing down this way, obviously hit me up. Can't promise you a show, but uh, can definitely try to show up. And I might be able to get you a show. I don't know. Same, <laughs> Just, uh, same, same with you in Massachusetts. Uh, Can't promise you much, but yeah. let me know if you ever want to. Exactly. And um, I'll send you some stickers, stuff like that. And awesome. then I'll probably try to get this thing out next week. Yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, the song that you're hearing in the background is called Two Homes by Pre-Game Rituals. It comes off their latest EP called Honest Eyes, which you can pick up on Bandcamp or wherever you listen to music. And if you dig the band or this podcast, feel free to find either one of us on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Once again, thanks for tuning in and supporting local music.